Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. After five games in the World Series, some trends remain the same. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mass on All Access podcast. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano with you. The Mass on All Access podcast, of course, brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about our student-athletes and programs today. Paul, game five, third straight win for the Astros here in D.C., fifth straight win for the road team in this series. Seven to one goes the Astros' way. And like I said at the top, trends remain the same. Obviously, with the road team keep winning, the Nationals' offense goes quiet. Astros' offense seems to be heating up, and their pitching just is, it seems like they finally made the adjustments against this Nationals lineup. Yeah, this was a very different podcast just three days ago when yeah. we did after Game 2. It, was, it felt like a completely different series, completely different Nationals team, completely different Astros team, and we've seen the same story play out three nights in a row. It's, it's like Groundhog Day, um, and it's been just we've been waiting for something to change we've been waiting for the storylines to change been waiting for the nationals to get a big hit been waiting for this crowd to give in to give get the opportunity to explode yeah and it's the same story it's it's the same exact story three days in a row the major story today of course was just a couple hours before first pitch when max scherzer who we thought was going to start this game and provide a rematch of game one and uh, against garrett cole scratched and uh, Joe Ross is forced to take the emergency start for the Nationals. I thought he pitched admirably. You know, yeah. he didn't – he gave up four runs. But, you know, when it comes down to it, one run wasn't going to do it. You yeah. know, it didn't matter what Joe Ross did on the mound if the Nationals' offense wasn't going to score runs. Yeah. They scored a combined three runs in these three home games, one run apiece. That is just not going to cut it. So hats off to Joe Ross for, I think, for at least keeping them in the ball game, like we've always talked about in spot starts like this. Um and, and with Max Scherzer, man, that is just absolutely brutal to watch him on the press conference, see him in visible pain, and just know that that man can hardly move. He said he needed his wife to help him get dressed this morning, nonetheless pitch in a World Series game. Um, a, a dagger to the heart, really, for the Nationals today from the start. Ridiculous. Uh, ridiculously painful. I mean, he could not move his neck in the press conference. I'm amazed that he was able to make it down to the ballpark. Obviously, he saw team doctors. Um, they He was told if he's able to regain his mo- mobility, full mobility, he could pitch later on in the series. I don't see it happening. Yeah, it's Given the fact that he could not move, it, just a, a, a very upsetting story for him. You you know that this guy is maybe the, the biggest competitor in the sport right now. I mean, he not just on the team, not just between these two teams in the World Series. Max Scherzer is the biggest gamer maybe in baseball. Yeah. So for him not to be able to pitch in the biggest game of his life, and it, you are two wins away from a World Series, his first ever World Series, you know he wants to win more than anything in the world. For him not to be able to pitch means he had to have been in excruciating pain. And to pitch in front of his home crowd for the first time in the World yeah. Series here in Nats Park. He, he, you mentioned how much of a gamer he is. You know, this is a guy who pitched with a broken nose and black eye, a black eye this season. He has pitched before. He he won a Cy Young with a finger injury, basically ailing him the entire season a couple years ago. And yeah, you're right. For him to for him himself, you know, usually sometimes someone has to tell him, Max, take it easy, yeah, relax, no, take the night off. 
but for him himself to say I can't go that's goes to show how much pain he was yeah. and and a little nugget I believe from Mark Zuckerman of massinsports.com you know he Mark, Max mentioned in his press conference and also kudos to him for having a press conference yeah. not pitching he didn't have to do he that he didn't have to do that most players probably would not have done that uh, but Mark, he mentioned Max mentioned that he he dealt with this kind of back in 2017 against and he missed a start against the Marlins um, and and Mark went but Mark Zuckerman went back and looked at that he ended up missing 10 days um, and you know for him to even it, it's unfathomable to think that he can come back in three days and pitch in a possible game seven uh, if, the, if necessary and and Max even said this time it was like so much worse yeah. than that one time so it's just, it's going to be a real hard stretch, long yeah. stretch for him to come back, see him again pitch in 2019. It's just a real shame, you know. You never want to see a player injured, but you also don't want to see a player go down. One of your best players go yeah. down in the World Series. You want your best out there at all times, um, and for for a good matchup, a good yeah. clean, fair matchup. Well, I think, if I remember correctly, was that 2017 injury? Did that come on the home run swing that he had against the Marlins? You know what? Game? It might have was. I, might have uh, been. Yeah, uh, I I think I remember that actually, but. Um, I mean, the the guy, he said, I've pitched through a lot of shh crap before yeah. in my career, and um, <laughs> this is the all-time worst yeah. pain that he has ever been in in his career um, in any moment. Uh, just heartbreaking um, for, for everybody, not just Nationals fans, not just Max Scherzer and his family, but for baseball fans because they got robbed of another outstanding matchup between Cole and Scherzer. Um, but... Looking at the guy that actually was on the mound, I do think Joe Ross was fine. He was uh, put – I mean, he gave them enough to be able to win the game. They were not out of it right. when he left the game. And he pitched pretty much to his career average. I mean, he's a, throughout his career, he's been a guy with an ERA hovering around five. I mean, this is a guy that spent time in the minor leagues this season. Yeah. So he was called upon to do something that – he would, under normal circumstances, never be asked to do, especially go five innings into this game. And uh, he he answered the call. I mean, if this is if the Nats' offense wakes up like they did, he, he might be walking out of here with a win. I, he did enough to get the win. So um, it, it's it's brutal. I mean, a, a great opportunity, and I'm glad that Joe Ross got an opportunity like that. It's a, a shame that the Nats' offense could not give him more support yeah I, Davey would never say but you if you if he would tell you behind closed doors you know what's your ideal scenario for Joe Ross he'd probably say around five innings yeah and and you know close to a three or four runs yeah yeah, yeah close to three or four runs um, and that's like you said that's what you got from him and it does not matter if the Nationals aren't scoring runs you, you know yeah. and, and don't he only made two mistakes and I believe one of them wasn't even that much of a stake Alvarez just went out and got that ball yeah you know, low and away and he pushed he pushed it out uh to left center field for a home for a two run home run so two two run bombs yeah uh those are the two runs other than that pitched fine only struck out one but was able to got some help from his defense a couple double play balls yeah he did everything that you could have asked for in a situation like this. Uh, and to me, it's just, again, the storyline for the Nationals, the yeah. offense not coming alive. We talked about how many runners left on base and runners in scoring position. They didn't even get that many opportunities this time around, Paul. Only left four on base tonight and only had one opportunity, went 0 for 2 with that one opportunity with a runner in scoring position, and that was Juan Soto uh, moving over to third. Yeah, the Juan Soto was the in only the second o- inning. He was the only offense today. Um yeah, I mean, it, oh, and when one more note on Joe Ross before we turn it over yeah, to yeah. the offense. The reality is he he had 
about, what, eight hours to prepare for the best lineup in baseball this season, yep. the best offense, uh, and eight hours to get himself into starting mode for this game for a guy that has never pitched a game out above the level of the NLDS. Yeah. Um, never started a game above the level of the NLDS. So for him to do – to I mean, all you really have to take all things considered um, when evaluating his start. But, yeah, the, Soto was the only offense today. I mean, he, he has – he dipped a bit in game three, um, in games three and four, really. But beyond that, I mean, he's he's still providing a spark for this team. He's still hitting three thirty three for the series, had another home run, I think it's fourth of the postseason. And everybody else is just – the, the lights are starting to go out on these guys. And it's, it's, it's so hard to criticize players once they get to the World Series because – They've done. They've already done so much to get you here. Yep. You know, every you look up and down this lineup, every one of these guys has had at least one moment in this postseason where they have come up huge. Yeah, and it's so hard to then turn the page and say, "Oh, they didn't do enough," because the the odds are they wouldn't be here and be in these situations if they hadn't come up big in the past. I mean, Eaton had a had a big homer in what game two in that blowout. Yep. Um, you know, Trey Turner had a home run in the wild card game in a game that they won by one run. Uh, Anthony Rendon obviously had a massive homer in game five of the NLDS. Ryan Zimmerman, a massive homer in uh, the NLDS against the Dodgers game four, I believe, at and home. And game one of the World Series. And the game one of the World Series. I mean, every one – and Robles has made outstanding plays in center field. Every one of these guys at times in the postseason has come up huge. It's just at this stage, they are all of a sudden. So many of them are experiencing troubles at the same time, and it's 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 the unluckiness, I think, of the playoffs. Yeah, we talked about one of the themes we also talked about throughout the podcast in the World Series. Paul is like, yes, you can attribute, you know, to the the lack of offense to you know bad at bats, you know, bad hitting. Yeah. But you also can give credit to the pitching. Yeah. You know, it's Garrett Cole out there. He's the probable a, uh, AL Cy Young Award winner. Just best. one of the best pitchers in all of baseball yeah. this year, but to me also the eye test for me is I, I'm not seeing strong at bats from guys like you usually see strong at bats from. Zimmerman had a couple tough. He drew that huge walk, but other than that, you know, a lot of check swings and second guessing it seems like to me from these Nationals players um, at the plate, and it's that that happens to me when you're trying to press, but then you're also like there's no balance there. You're trying to press, but then you're also like, well, I gotta stay cool. Can't press too much. Oh, but uh, you know, yeah. it's it's a lot of second guessing, and I think that's where the Nationals are getting caught up in at the plate. You know, might maybe it was the moment being back home in front of the front of the home crowd at Nationals Park for the first time in a World Series. Who knows? David Martinez mentioned in his post game press conference, we got the day off tomorrow. We're gonna kind of reset. Go back and try to force a game seven. I think, you know, I don't. There's no. I don't think there's really much stake in playing three days in a row. They're baseball players. They play 162 games. Yeah. I think they kind of need this day off, maybe, to just kind of take a breath, take a step away from from the game, and right. and reset. You know, and try not to press too much like we've seen them do over the past couple of days here at Nats Park. This team is at its best when they are loose yeah. and relaxed and do not know the score of any game. Trey Turner said, I believe, after they lost. Uh, one of the games in, uh, or maybe might have been after game one of the NLDS, um, he said, "Let's. I just want to go back to having yep. f- fun again." And and obviously at that point you might think, "Well, the stakes are too, you know, are so much bigger. You want to win. It's not just about having fun playing the game. You're in the playoffs right, right. now." 
But we know that this team is is at its absolute best when they don't pay attention to the score. They don't pay attention to the series lead. They are literally just taking every at bat and saying, "I'm having fun with this." Yeah. And I'm gonna ha- and you know they are coming into the dugout and dancing after home runs. We saw them loosen up just the slightest after that Soto home run, but they just have not had enough opportunities to have fun and get loose and and take a breath. It feels like they are, like you said, Bobby, like check swings. They're tense. They're tight. Um, and and we do almost forget that, it, like we forgot that the Astros boast maybe the best lineup in baseball. We do almost forget that Garrett Cole is one right. of the best pitchers right. in baseball. Best second half of any pitcher maybe ever um and he is he is a dominant pitcher and he has seen this team now twice and has had the opportunity to study what he did wrong in game one right so uh, it's it's a combination of things and it's just they i i think they could use that day off to get loose um i don't think it, it, it there's a misconception i think that some speech needs to be made somebody needs to rally up the guys i think they just need to forget Go back to Houston, forget what's going on, forget the fact that they have all these fans that were waiting anxiously for a clinch, for the first ever uh, World Series game here, for a parade, for something, and put that all behind them and say we're just going to go out and have fun for the last game or two of the series. Yeah, Davies also said they've been playing with their backs against the wall all season long. Yeah. Why nothing changes about that now, especially going down 3-2 back to Houston. I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention – a particular at bat tonight, Victor Robles in a crucial spot, strikes out looking. Obviously, the huge talk was that ball wasn't even close. I thought it was a ball from up here, watching it live. I, I mean, it, it was a, it was a brutal strike zone. Once again, we talked about it a little bit tonight. I mean, excuse me, last night after Game Four. But then you know we we're, we weren't going to make excuses. I'm not making excuses, but in that critical moment, to call that, I mean, it was just. Not even close. No. And I think anyone listening, watching, not even close. Davey, I think, did a great job of not, you know, not criticizing the umpire. So it is what it is. A.J. Hinge kind of said the same thing, you know. And he he also counterpointed, like, you know, we thought that the ball to Zimmerman was a strike. But in that critical moment, man, I mean, it was just real tough. You could see the Nationals were upset about it. To make that call in that situation, I think that really just kind of – Put the light out of the Nationals' fire for for the evening. It absolutely did. It was a brutal call. It was it was absolutely a ball. I think no question. Um, and you don't want it. You know you don't want to have to blame the umps after right. something like that. And that's what I'm not. Yeah. No, no. Of course, of course. And nobody was doing that. Nobody. Right. But um, the fans certainly were voiced their displeasure. Were very loud in between that half inning. Some pretty loud boos and. That was felt like a little bit of frustration boiling over. I thought Davey, it's very hard to get tossed from a playoff game, um, but I felt or a World Series game especially. But I thought Davey might try to or accidentally get tossed in this game, just yeah. trying to light a fire under yeah. his team. But um, but that was just frustration boiling over. And I think for the fans especially, that was frustration of having seen their team score three runs in three games at home. Yeah, and they're frustrated by everything, and they're taking it out on the ump. But that being said, it was a terrible call. It was a terrible call, and and also it's it's back to back nights where we've seen. To me, it felt like I'm trying really hard not to be biased here, but to me, it felt like seemed like the Astros pitchers were getting a little more more calls than the Nationals pitchers. You know, Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, really good at hitting his spots. Got a couple calls to go his way. We mentioned Zimmerman one didn't go his way. He was able to get out of it. 
but you know Joe Ross, I felt like hit a lot of good spots and maybe didn't get some strike calls. Yeah. Again, we talked about how he wasn't completely awful, but maybe those those go a long way to helping a young pitcher in a spot start in a World Series game. It, it was been tough. It's been tough. Hopefully, the fortunes change as we change venues, go back to Houston. You know, kind of shake that off. Maybe the umps need to shake some some rust off too and kind yeah. of hit the reset button. Um, but yeah, definitely. You know, a game changer, possibly a series changer, where it just kind of definitely took the. Um, the wind out of the national sales. Absolutely. Um, right here tonight. Um, there are a few guys, I think, in, in game six. I think the whole lineup, as we know, needs to hit better. Um, we finally saw a dinger tonight um, hey. that we had not seen in what One, felt like two, I forever. Believe. How, many the, how many of the Astros hit this weekend? Oh, I don't a grand know. slam, two two-run ball, two-run homers, that's eight, and then a solo shot. They scored nine runs off home runs this weekend. The national scored one. Yeah. Brutal. Um a lot of guys need to get back hitting. Soto has absolutely done his part in this series. Um, Rendon has has been a little bit frustrating. Um, I feel like he just needs to have some extra base hits. Needs maybe a homer here or there. Needs some two bags. And um, Trey Turner has to do a better job of setting the table. Yeah, I, and, and we don't have it right in front of us. We only have tonight's game notes right in front of us. I feel like we didn't see Trey Turner with like a leadoff single or get on base once this whole weekend. I mean, he's only hitting 136 for the series. Yeah. So, um, very. But even then, I feel like we saw him on base a little more in Houston in yeah. game one and two. I can't remember the last time I saw him on base here at Nationals Park. Did he reach base? I mean, it's just like I think you, you made this point last night too, Paul. He He's the table setter. He's the yeah. one that gets his engine going. If he gets a good at bat, at least work a good at bat, Yeah. hopefully get on base. You know, that's how this offense starts to pick up. Eaton follows him, and then you get your big guys, yeah. Rendon, Soto, Zimmerman, Kendrick behind him. Uh, and he, the the one thing about Trey Turner that makes him less of a, and he, he did a great job this year in in making adjustments to that. But he's never been a guy that takes a ridiculous amount of pitches. Right. Um, he's never been a guy that walks overly so, which is counter what most leadoff hitters would have. Right. But he has the speed and he has the batting average to be a leadoff hitter. Um, but he just has not – it felt like it feels like he has not worked – I mean, like we said, don't have the exact stats in front of me, but it feels like he has not worked a ton of walks um, in this series. And if he's not getting on base, and, and especially Rendon hitting just 200 for the series, your one in three hitters like that can't be putting up those kind of numbers. Yep. All right, well, the Nationals <laughs> are on the brink of elimination. Oh, and that's fun note. Yep. <laughs> Heading back to Houston, hostile environment, back at Minute Maid Park. Game uh, six will be Tuesday night from Houston. Hopefully a game seven will be followed the following night. And Wednesday, Paul, we have flights to catch in the morning. We do. Uh, one more thing also, though, I yeah. do want to say. Go for it. We know that this – it was about – I remember getting into the car after game three of the NLDS against the Dodgers, a 10-4 loss, and saying it feels like it's over. It feels like this series is over. It's a similar feeling in the ballpark tonight. That series wasn't over, and they hope this one isn't either. Shake it off tomorrow. Off day tomorrow. No baseball tomorrow. Enjoy Monday Night Football. <laughs> Enjoy your Monday. You know, Forget about a, baseball. Forget about 24 baseball. 24 hours. And then come back ready on Tuesday. Yeah. Hopefully watch the Nationals. You got Steven Strasburg on the mound. You know, game one, the Nationals seemed to get to Garrett Cole. Yeah. He made adjustments and kind of shut them down tonight. Uh, game two. Two. Strasburg had his struggles, and Verlander was a little better than him, I thought. Yeah. And until the Kurt Suzuki home run, 
Hopefully, maybe that flips yep. uh, for game six, and Strasburg is able to make his adjustments, and the Nats adjust to Verlander, and the offense wakes up and forces a decisive game seven. And like we said, with uh, with that series, the NLDS that went to five games, you get to that winner-take-all, and it's all hands on deck, yep. and everything gets thrown out the window. And so it's just happen. getting there. It's just about getting there. Anything can happen. So enjoy your Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday from Houston with Mass and All Access. You can catch Paul with interviews and Mark Zuckerman and David Martinez and whoever else speaks <laughs> at Minute Maid Park on Mass and All Access on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page, Mass and Nationals Twitter account, and Mass and Nationals YouTube page. You can also follow Paul at Paul Mancano. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Subscribe to the Mass and All Access podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can check us out on the Mass and All Access Facebook page and the Mass and Nationals YouTube account and on Twitter. And then also be sure to give, I don't know. Yeah, was that enough? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> give follow, us on, follow, follow us on social give media. Us a, uh, give us a rate and subscribe. Give us a rate and subscribe. Spread the word. Five also stars, five stars. Instagram, too, on Mass and Nationals. We've got great content over there. <laughs> We're on the ground at the World Series. It's no better time to follow there us. There is no excuse yeah. for we are at in every aspect of your life. You. We, <laughs> we, we do this for you. We are in your cornflakes. We are everywhere around you. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the Mass and All Access <laughs> Podcast brought to you by Marymount University. Visit MarymountSaints.com to learn more about student-athletes and programs today. For Paul, I'm Bobby. We'll see you in Houston.